It's time for Geek Gamer Weekly. Center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. The Uber Podcast, just for geeks and gamers. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our views. With your hosts, Joseph Falby. Men wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. John Kessler. He will be talked about in the same way that Rockefeller and Carnegie and, and Ford are talked about. And Chase Nunes. For your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Now, live from Earth. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? When? Just now. It's Geek Gamer Weekly. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode 220, recorded on Sunday, October 28th, 2012. Windows 8 is enough. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber podcast for geeks and gamers where we discuss and chat about the latest in gaming and technology. My name is Chase Nunes. I am uh, in charge of this fiasco of stories and technology and gaming that we will ta- uh, talk about this week. And uh, we'll talk about some things that you've probably never even heard about. Yeah, right. Uh, joining us, as always, first off, this guy right over here. He's uh, fresh off of uh, watching an incredible baseball game, which I know John you're completely ecstatic about yeah, I Mr. John Kessler. I, I, I was I was almost asleep there, but then Chase started yelling and screaming and woke me up. I was two scre- or three what times. What are you talking about? Yeah. Why would I be screaming? I think the neighbors were ready to call the cops. You were making so much noise yeah, over I, there. I, I heard the screams from all the way down here. Yeah, Joe heard them. Clear down in, in Portland. Yeah, I'm, I'm like there. 400 miles away. Yeah. So. John, how are you doing? Just ducky. Even though you uh, you had something bad happen to you. We'll yes. talk about it. Eh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk Maybe. about it. Maybe. If, Maybe. if we have time. Because uh, this this show's so limited on time, right? Because yeah. it's it's an internet show. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, Joseph Falby. He's from the Oregon Bureau of uh, Technology and Re- Research, Gaming Research and Development. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just just all just all screwed up. All, all worked up. Yeah. Yeah. Worked up. Yeah. yeah. How you doing, Joe? Doing good. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about being a uh, a nominee? For the one of the greatest gaming podcasts in all of 2012, Ever. awesome! Isn't that nice? I think it's great. I, I I'm on. I was sort of surprised, I, but I think it's great. Yeah, you you were sort of surprised. <laughs> well, I mean, you had you had spent so much time. Yeah. While we were in the nomination process, saying, "Well, it's probably not going to happen," and it's a really thing, and a lot of other people sign up, and yada yada yada. So I was like. All right. Well, it's probably not going to happen. Then I found out, and I was like, "Yay!" Yeah. Boom, and then, and then I heard you screaming, and figured it was about that. But no, it's no. something about the Giants winning the pennant, or I don't know what it is. That's right. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, we have a very special guest this week. He's a he's a good friend of mine, and also of Alex Gumple uh, from Twit. Uh, they've known each other for a while, and I asked uh, Chris to come on the show this week because he is a huge. And when I mean huge, I mean he he bleeds Microsoft blue. Here he is, Mr. Chris Lindhartson. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. What what I find <laughs> ironic here, Chris, is that not only that you're a, you're a big Microsoft fan, but you're calling me not from the Surface, but from a Nexus Seven. So I just I just thought I'd get a little yeah. stab in there on you, but. Uh, yeah, and I use one of these little dreadful little droid 
droid droid things. <laughs> did you say droid zoom? You're gonna say droid zoom. I think I think you said droid zoom. He started to. So, so you even yeah, have an yeah. Android phone? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm I am the Apple fanboy, and I have had a Windows phone. So I, the yeah. Windows guy has to have an Android. I, I, just, have, I, have an, I have a Windows phone present. I just sadly don't use it. <laughs> well, that's okay. Cause, because the big Windows 8 phone uh, announcement is, is going to be happening tomorrow. This is with Microsoft's big week of Windows 8 fun. So, But let's talk about the big daddy right now. Let's talk about Windows 8 launching. It, uh, it launched on Friday, as a lot of you may already know and realize. Uh, and Microsoft is betting the farm on touch. Literally. I mean, they created this whole new hardware tablet uh, tablet called the Surface. Also, they're pushing out Windows 8 on everything, um, including desktops that don't even have touch. And I, I think we'll get into that here in a moment. Uh, but there were lines. There were people that were eager to get Windows 8. Now, some people were very, very smart and decided to just stay up late, maybe on Thursday night and get it once the East Coast servers flipped over to midnight. And that's what you did, right, Chris? Yeah, it was surprising. They said, they, they said it was going to be 12.01 local time, but oddly enough, 11.30 here, I was able to download it, took about an hour, installed it. I was up and running, everything worked, and then it was just a matter of getting my apps installed. So why don't you explain real quick, was the upgrade process really easy for you? I mean, you were running Windows 7. I... I saw your tweets and pictures saying, I'm saying goodbye. This is it. <laughs> now, did you, now you backed up your data, right? You, you played it smart. You backed yeah, up your data. I, okay. I have backups of everything and migrating data. I've, I've done it a number of times, so this is nothing new. All right. So you updated Windows 8. How long did the process take for you? I want to say an hour, if that. Wow, Just, not bad. You, you know, the installation is pretty fast. The, the longest the longest part of it really is just downloading the software, um, choosing whether you want to make media or do an in-place install, and then you just have to do the install after that. So you did the in-place upgrade. Now, do you think it's... Oh, really... wait. I'm sorry, go I, ahead. I, I, I created removable media, and I installed Fresh. Oh, you did install Fresh. I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood. So, Because I saw the Windows 7 on your, on your pictures. I figured you just did an in-place upgrade. So, all right, all right. Um, so one hour in, you have this start screen. Now, have you been using the uh, the release to manufacturing version? Were you running the release candidate? I've been on and off using it. I had issues with my own computer, but I think it was more where I had it on my hard drive, it was weird little like quirks that couldn't be explained. Okay. But I, I mean, I on and off had been using the, uh, let's see, it was the developer preview, the consumer preview, and then the develop and the release preview, if I remember right. I'm just trying to, you know, lay out the credentials here for what is sure going to be a, a pretty interesting conversation once I bring Joe in on this. So, so you installed it, you've, you, and how much total experience have you had and using Windows 8 up until uh, Friday? Hmm. It'd probably have to be at least a few weeks. I was not overly intensive in Windows 8. Okay. It's because the experience doesn't make any sense until there's apps. Right. 
Right. Or there's apps, it's just kind of, here's a new UI, and it's just like, okay, let's go into this little placeholder app. And then other than that, it's it was more of an annoyance back at the developer stage than it is now at the release stage. So Windows 8, you're on a system that is not touch. It is not designed for touch. You're using a mouse and a keyboard. Did you find yourself having a learning curve getting into it? Uh, any frustrations? Um, and then I'll, I'll ask Joe here to see if he's installed it. I know what he's going to say, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, any learning curves or issues that you ran into? The biggest, the biggest learning curve has to be just, you know, taking your mouse all the way to the corner, all the way to another corner. I actually, right now, I actually have a touch mouse, oh. which actually makes it a lot more. It's this. If you ask me anyway, this has to be essential to using Windows 8 if you're using a regular desktop, oh. because. It really is just like, you know, I, I have like, if I do like two like this, I, I'll just switch apps. I don't even have to go to a corner or anything. So it suddenly makes a lot more sense. So it's something that like Joe here, you know, he Joe's been able to do that with a touchpad, right, Joe? I mean, uh, is that what they call it uh, on the Mac? Is that the touchpad they call it? Yeah, or, the, okay. the Bluetooth touchpad or, or built into all of the all of the laptops now. Yeah. All right. So what do you, Joe, you have any opinions here on, on the Windows 8 launch? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not on the launch per se, but on Windows 8 itself. Uh, I've been using Windows 8 on and off since the you know, about the developer preview. I've had the RTM for well, a month or more now. Right. And um, just because I wanted to make sure I was fresh on what I was uh, what I was talking about, I went ahead and installed it on one of my many laptops that I have here. Oh, okay. What what is that? An IBM? What do you got there? This is a well. It's, it's a Lenovo X61. Okay. okay. Um, and the unique thing about the Lenovo is it's actually a uh, a, a touchscreen interface. Only oh, it's it not is. a touch. Oh, it's, it's a pen okay. interface. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Which is worse than it being a mouse <laughs> interface. <laughs> um, so I've had issues with it uh, not running very well. I mean, not not necessarily not running very well. It seems to be fairly responsive. But uh, the whole thing about you have to go to the corner to bring up the menu when you actually want to get anything done besides run the apps that are default on the screen. The side scrolling um, isn't terribly intuitive, doesn't generally work in all ap applications or all environments. It's certainly not as easy as, as vertical scrolling was. Um, there, it's, it just seems like there's a lot of stuff missing. And then when you go to um, – so, like, I obviously I have Chrome installed. You can see the – the Chrome icon very prominently placed um, in the top instead left of Internet corner. Explorer, right? <laughs> uh, and um, and Chrome actually works really, really pretty well. And Microsoft or uh, not Microsoft, Google put together a web page about how to get your Google back. They say, yeah, I saw the and video. It takes you yeah. to um, takes you to where you can reinstall Google Desktop Search and reinstall uh, Google uh, or Google as the default search and also Google Chrome. Um, so what do you think, Joe? I mean, you have it installed there. I, I know that mm -hmm. it's not. Your interface is not meant for the full touch experience because you're using the the stylus. But what do you think? I mean, I know we bashed bashed it a little bit. We got accused of bashing last week. Yeah. And I was very very careful before I made my full judgments on the product mm -hmm. in, until I had a chance to really experience it and mess with it this past week. Uh, and I did. I installed it and I'm dual booting and I'll give my opinion here in a minute. But what do you think, Joe? So there are some things. Um, there are some things that make a lot of sense. There are some things that really don't. Uh, 
the Metro interface, again, I think on a on a tablet, on a small screen device, I think is is a good step. I think it, it is the right direction. It does work reasonably well. Um, when you don't have a touch screen, when or if you have a very large screen, uh, it it really is just a waste of space. Uh, you I, you and people are going to say, well, you have active tiles, you can put information on there. I think it's a waste of space. Um, it it when you go to open up your application, it opens full screen. If you have a a twenty-seven or a thirty-inch monitor, you suddenly have this giant Internet Explorer window with content that is only in the middle, and you're wasting all of the rest of the space. I never run a web browser at this point in a full screen. There's just no reason to. It takes right. up too much space. Exactly. Um, and and my, Microsoft has decided with Windows Eight that no, we really should be running all of our apps full screen all the time, even on our desktops. And um, I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, now, when you do finally get to a desktop. And this is the desktop that you can have, isn't it pretty? Yeah. Uh, you'll notice there's no start. There's no start button. Right. There's no start menu, which everyone is used to. If you push the start button key, you go back to Metro or whatever this new interface is. Um, however, the changes in the desktop, the way folders work, the way you interact with them, the way uh, some of those things work, is a big upgrade from Windows Seven. A good one that or a bad something, one? Something they got right. Okay. The desktop in Windows 8, the actual desktop in Windows 8, like you have in Windows 7 and Windows XP and Windows uh, 98 and Windows Vista and all the other versions of Windows, works really well. I think they've added things to it. They've made it really, really nicely polished. Really good improvements there. But they tacked Metro onto the top of it and ruined every advantage they'd put into the product originally. <laughs> Chris, so <laughs> at least that's what that's my my opinion about it. Um, I, I just think it's if I could have the the extra features that are in the Windows 8 desktop interface in Windows 7, I would love it. But you you can't without also getting the Windows 8 Metro pandemonia. Now, Chris, do you agree with that? I mean, uh, obviously, you've been messing around with it for for a while. You, you've seen it grow up and now at release. Do you run your apps at full screen? Do you find that you're in the desktop more? I mean, do you agree or disagree with what Joe had to say? You know, to be honest, I'm a little all over the map. I mean, right now I have two browsers open right next to each other in regular Windows. But I'm uh, for like a lot of casual things, like I have like a Netflix app or something like that, the you know, new user interface is actually pretty nice for stuff like that. That's true. So it's, it's the way of almost like tried to justify it in my own little world is kind of whether like if I need to use like Photoshop it's it's never going to exist in Metro I'm sorry it's just never going to exist there but for like most of my casual web browsing surprisingly I actually don't mind the full screen browser and I'm actually am crazy because I am running on a 27 inch like ultra HD monitor in front of me right here so to be honest I actually appreciate the full screen apps for like casual things, but like if I really want to get something intense done, then it's like, yeah, I will go to the desktop. So let me give, I guess, my my two minute review on, on Windows 8 at this point. And I, I don't I know I may get, you know, shelled on this. I'm sorry if I if I piss off the Microsoft fanboys. I, I I'm sorry if I uh, make the Apple fanboys happy with what I'm going to say. I I, I've been using you know Microsoft for a very long time, uh, and obviously it's what I use to produce this show. And uh, I do all my audio editing on on the PC. I do all my video stuff on a Mac, and 
I will say that Windows 8 is great for a touch interface. I think it's it's perfect for a touch interface. Uh, for example, my best friend Jason, he's got an HP. Uh, it's one of those HP. I think it's a Desk Smart. I, I, I don't know what the, the brand name is, but it's one of those ones that you kind of set up in the kitchen. It's like a 22-inch screen. It's it's fully touch. And that's something like that. Would It's perfect for Windows 8. I mean, it's just it's made for it. However, you know, I'm sitting here on a desktop PC. I don't have touch anything. I don't really feel like wanting to invest into a Microsoft Touch mouse because I'm very happy with my Logitech uh, G5 mouse, which, you know, I'm a gamer. I'm, I'm very much in, in love with it, and I still will keep it, you know, here. Well, uh, go ahead, John. So, well, your mouse, your keyboard, your... what The, uh, the Ergodex. Ergodex there. Yeah. It's all touch to degree. You're touching buttons. Well, I'm touching buttons, but <laughs> but the thing is, what You're Microsoft Microsoft wants you to do is they want you to reach out and touch your screen and and make yeah. gestures and make motions and stuff and fingerprints and, and fingerprints. fingerprints. <laughs> uh, they, they want you to do that sort of thing. They want you realistically to have one app on the screen at one time. Mm. Um, now, I will say this: you know, when I when I went in and started messing around, like the Netflix app as an example, I think that app is is great. I really do. I think it's perfect if you want to ch- kick back and watch a movie and load up a Netflix app and scroll through and, and check out all the different movies available to you. I think that app has done really, really well. Um, I don't like how their store is set up right now. I mean, it's all these tiles. There's so many tiles everywhere. <laughs> and I don't know if I, if I like that. But then again, I have to look at this from the perspective that Microsoft isn't designing this operating system for for me they're not designing it for joe or john or or not even chris you know not us power users they're designing it for you know ma and dad and grandpa and grandma who maybe are not fully involved in computers or they're they're novice to middle ground users they're not power users they're not doing serious things and they wanted to try to bridge the gap and kind of merge all these interfaces into one overall platform. Now, with Surface launching on Friday, and I'm still waiting for the fallout on this because I haven't heard any yet. I know we've kind of predicted this. Now, now, Chris, did you pre-order a Surface? I didn't ask you that uh, at the top. Did you pre-order one? I did not. Okay. I know Alex did, um, and I know he has one in his hands. And he's been taking yeah. pictures with it. Um now that's running a version of Windows 8. It's technically, it's called Windows RT, which will only run apps from the Windows App Store. You won't be able to run any, you know, full-blown Windows 8 apps on it, and only certain apps right. have to be written for Windows RT. Right. None of the desktop apps will work, even though you can have a desktop interface. And and just to note from earlier, actually, oddly enough, the Google Search app doesn't work <laughs> in ARM. It does work in x86, though. Okay. Is this a mistake that Microsoft is doing here? I, I, I want to know what you guys think. I mean, obviously, this is the biggest thing that Microsoft has ever done since going to Windows 95 from Windows 3.1 and going up to XP from 98. I mean, these are major... This is huge. This could make or break Balmer as CEO of Microsoft. This could make or break Microsoft, perhaps. Uh, I mean, Chris, do you think... I mean, you've been following Microsoft for a very long time. And you've seen them grow. You've seen them change. How you want to go over to Redmond and hang out with them and, and work for them. <laughs> what do you think 
I mean, do you think that this is something that is going to revolutionize how people see Microsoft, or is this like Vista but worse? <laughs> well, the the one thing to keep in mind is that if you go to, I've only I've been to a Microsoft store, I've been to a Best Buy before the eight launch. Every single machine that I saw, unless I missed a machine in a corner or something, had touch on it. So the biggest thing with Windows 8 is that they're really going to be pushing touch everywhere. Everything is going to be touch, and it's just going to be there. Whether this is right or not, it's almost a question of how much how much of computing is going to turn into this kind of casual throwaway. I just need to like go up to Facebook and check something, go into Twitter, maybe play a few games, and then how much of your time is actually spent, you know, really using a full text editor or full piece of software. I mean, if if that's really going to be huge going forward still, then this could be a mistake. If that's more going to be like the like 10% of users, then this might actually work. It's a matter of them actually improving this. Because, I mean, even today on a decent desktop with Windows 8, there's still a lot of bugs that you run into or a lot of weird issues that don't make sense. Right. Which hopefully they'll fix. But is it like a mistake like Vista? I mean, even Vista, relatively speaking, it was a colossal mess at the beginning. It got better with time, and it was something they had to do to kind of refresh Windows in a way that they could, like, you know, build 7, build 8 on top of something new that was more stable and more secure. So it'll be interesting to see whether 8, if people get understand it over time or if it's just going to be enough confusion that Microsoft just kind of tries to keep working on it while keeping the desktop there still. Right. Joe, I'm going to let you kind of round out this topic before we move on to Apple because they also had a big meeting this week, uh, you know, review, review, uh, releasing some new stuff. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I think that the issue is, okay, so the, the, the idea that, that all PCs in the future are going to have touch is, I, I think, is really, really wrong. Um, I know that I'm, I'm probably never, ever going to buy a touchscreen for my desktop just because there's no reason for me to spend the price premium to do it. And I'm also never going to buy a pre-built desktop from anybody, at least one that's running Windows, because I won't get the parts that I want for the price that I want. Well, isn't the... And so Windows, is, is Microsoft going to leave somebody like me who wants to do gaming on their PC, doesn't want a game on their Xbox? I mean, I have an Xbox, but it's not hooked up. Are they leaving me out to dry with Windows 8 because I don't fit into what they declare the new class of users, the casual computer user? The, the gamer on the Xbox and the phone with a Windows 8, uh, window, with a Windows 8 phone, are, are they leaving me out to dry because I don't fit into their nice little box? Right. You know, and that seems like that's going to be a problem for them in the future because PC gaming, it, it's, you know, I'm not going to say that it's as big as console gaming. It certainly was. It was a lot bigger than console gaming was for a long time. But it's still a huge market. Uh, compared to anything else out there. I mean, it blows movies out of the water. It blows uh, audio out of the water, music out of the water. So for them to just up and abandon this platform and say, oh, well, if you want a game, you're going to go game on your Xbox, I think that's a big mistake, and I think it's, it's one that's going to hurt them in the long run. So at least that's that's what I think. But I I don't know. I will just have to wait and see. It's it's going to yeah. be ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so. John, you, you had something there you wanted to say. Yeah, um... As Joe was saying, talking about the, you know this, their vision of you know the future being everybody's got touchscreens. Is it like um, 3D? 
for home theater television. You know, everybody, oh, everybody's going to have 3D. Every, you know, everything's going to be 3D, and 3D is much. You know, look how look how bad 3D is. Well, now it's going to be ultra HD. It's going to be 4K. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and, and well, I think actually, the other thing too is Chris, you said it yourself that if you're if you're just casual using it, you'll use Metro. But if you want to use it hardcore, you'll go to the desktop and actually open a couple of browser windows or a, a text document or something like that, which means. Isn't the Metro user interface then just superfluous? That maybe we shouldn't have that as a separate thing. Maybe that should have been integrated into the start menu instead of being so when you hit start menu, you get a full screen pop up that has this. But when you actually run an app, it takes you back to the desktop. And that seems like that would be a good middle ground, but I don't, I don't, I just don't understand what Microsoft's doing. At least they allow, at least for corporate, they're allowing, um, reversals on it. So if you buy a Windows 8 license, you can still install Windows 7. Would you guys agree though that, um, you know the interface. If it, if it was like on obviously on the tablet, like on Surface and and all these other manufacturers are coming out with their ultra portable PCs that can convert to tablets, that the operating system is really good for that because the apps are being designed with that in mind. I think they're they're making Windows 8 to push a tablet and a phone market that they haven't been able to break into at the expense of their desktop market. Yeah. And and their desktop users, so they're they're making us go through a difficult time period, so that they can try to build into an industry that they haven't had any success getting into pre recent recently. Now the good news. But I'll oh, go ahead, Chris. I didn't say but isn't the isn't the question there that do you get consu- do you get users before you get apps before you get people apps that are good so that the experience is well, actually good or do you have to get apps before the users exist? It's kind of well, that's it's that's the hard, hard to figure out which way that would work. That's the hard catch twenty two, right? I mean, is is developers won't move to a platform until there's users to support the developers, and Apple apps or users won't move to a platform until there's developers to make apps to support the users. So, you have to figure out a way to do that. And um, and the only the only two companies that have been able to do it without seemingly compromising their other market lines has been Apple and Google. And Apple's done it through advanced design, and Google has done it because they don't care about the desktop market. All they care about is mobiles. Yeah, I was and, gonna say um, Google didn't. Google didn't have that problem because they didn't have a desktop. Right, and so that that really, I mean, it's. I I just I think that they're they're doing what they're doing at the expense of all of us, and uh, and some of us aren't. The, those of us who are into it and are aware of it aren't really necessarily thinking about it that way, or or are just starting to think about it that way, and it, it's it's going to be hard. I mean, I think. Um, Newberific in the in the chat room says that you know he thinks in two years Windows Nine will come out and it'll fix a lot of these issues, and I I can see that totally being the case. I mean Windows Vista was only around for a couple of years because the public backlash but, to it was so this, strong. But this but, is, that, but that was that that was even just regular product cycle at that point because realistically oh, no, Vista no, should have never on, taken how long, that long. How long was Windows XP out before Windows Vista got launched? But keep and then in the mind turnaround that Windows from Windows Vista to Windows, X, to Windows Seven was fast. But also keep in mind that the development cycle of Longhorn was a joke. I mean, it's widely held that it took way too long. They stalled out for at least a couple years. They released Vista on a rush. It wasn't finished. They released a service pack. It got better. And they pretty much moved forward for, with Seven, and especially with, uh, I think, it's Stephen, I can't remember his last name right now, last um, head of the department. His big push is we're going to be pushing versions out like crazy, every three years, we have seven, we have eight. And of course, there's always, there's rumors about whether they're going to be doing like an update even next year, even. We'll see what happens, but. I think the problem here is, this is just opinion, of course, 
but Microsoft has bet, bet so much on this and and bringing this this interface to the desktop and to tablets and to the phone to try to bring synergy to all three platforms that Microsoft even if there was severe backlash and not a lot of adept, you know adoption to this on the desktop that you're not going to I I don't think you would see a change with Windows 9 or whatever the next version is going to be called because there's so much so much invested in it because they made such a huge overhaul to the interface that I've never seen Microsoft make a, an about face, if you will. And I mean, obviously when they made the move from Vista to Windows 7, they just polished up Vista, but it was still the same general interface. So I don't know if Microsoft would do that, especially with all their investment and time and energy into doing this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep my mind open, but right now I'm going to stick with Windows 7. Now, the good news is all those, uh, all you guys out there who are using Windows 7 still and do not want to move to Windows 8, don't worry. Microsoft will still support you, I believe, until the year 2020. They'll support people forever, it seems like. Yeah, so you're okay. You have nothing to worry about. Um, but uh, running XP, though. That that ends soon. Actually. Yeah, actually, you know, and I it's it's for the I was so happy. I, I got I'm running XP on a company laptop. I, I'm not allowed to do anything with it. I just got an e we all got emails, company wide emails that they're upgrading our laptops and we're getting Windows seven. Hey <laughs> So So very good. Uh but we will stop talking about Windows A right now and no and no worries. We will definitely talk about them in the future. And if we're you know, if we're wrong and this thing uh, takes off like wildfire, and this saves the company and uh, makes them billions and billions. We'll eat crow, and we'll be like, "Well, I guess we just didn't know what the hell we were talking about." But, but at least we won't be alone. We'll be joined by Gabe Newell. Yeah, that's uh, true. Notch from Mo from Mojang. That's right. Uh, people from Blizzard. I mean, there are plenty of people to go around. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of us who are saying this is going to be a terrible, terrible experience. <laughs> yes. Well, I, you know what? I, I'm not going to remove the partition. I'm still going to dual boot. I'll still mess with it. Uh, I, wanna, I won't think any less of you. <laughs> and I will, and I will still, and I will still learn. And you know, I, it's part of me and in, in wanting to become ever involved in technology is I want to learn this and um, and give my experiences to you guys about it. So let's move on because uh, Microsoft was not the only company to have a huge announcement last week. Apple had an announcement of their own talking about the long-awaited or actually short-awaited really i mean <laughs> the ipad mini and it was called the ipad mini uh, so here is a, a picture of the uh of the ipad mini here um it's it's 7.9 inches it is running i uh, oh gosh it's the running the um the running uh, an, uh, the dual core a5 a dual core a5 it's uh, uh, 7.9 inches with the lightning connector Yep, the resolution, the screen resolution is 1024 by 768, which means that it does not qualify for Apple's original definition of a retina display. That's right. Um, but it is the same resolution as the initial, the first two generations of the iPad. Um, they do say it has a 10-hour battery life, although nobody's been able to test it, yes. And it comes optionally with uh, three, uh, of course, Wi-Fi by default, yep. and then optionally with 3G and 4G LTE. Uh, and then it has a 5-megapixel camera on the back and a front-facing HD HD camera, camera yes. which... I think they've decided it's 720 or something. 720p. Sure. Now, yeah. the price point for the, the, the low base model is $329. Yeah. 
Now, we made predictions on this show that if this thing didn't come in at 249 or how would how how would they, they would price it i was wrong i was saying that they were going to price this at 249 and kind of shift prices of the other other items we, we both we both said it was going to be about that price yeah yeah uh now the pre-orders <laughs> they're pretty much almost sold out um which i'm a little shocked on um amazon has an incredible ad i need to pull it up here in a moment where they were basically saying, why the hell would you buy this when you can get ours for $120 cheaper? Um, it's a really cool ad. Um, but Joe, since you're our resident Apple guy here, I'm going to start with you on this and get Chris's opinion. On the iPad mini, yes, no, was it what you expected, Joe? What do you think? I don't I don't know. I'm. It. it I think it's priced too high. But the important thing to keep in mind is the difference between the other or a lot of the other tablets. I'm not sure about the Kindle Fire, um, but the difference between it and um, like the the um, the Nexus Seven is the best example. Is the $200 Nexus Seven is an eight gig tablet, and the iPad Mini is at least sixteen gigs. So it's more storage. But is it 130 bucks worth more storage? Probably not. Um, yeah. So here's that ad, by the way. Uh, here showing uh, much, much more. For much less, the Kindle Fire HD uh, with the they're they're touting more pixels per inch, uh, HD ultra fast MIMO Wi-Fi for one hundred ninety nine dollars as compared to three hundred twenty nine dollars. So there's you know Amazon going right after Apple on yeah, this. It one. has integrated it has integrated dual speakers on the Kindle Fire, but um, who really listens to tablet speakers because they sound like crap anyway? Yeah, yeah. Uh, matter, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter how many dual. you have, they all sound like crap. Yeah. Apple's. <laughs> Lenovo's Kindles, it doesn't matter. They all sound like crap. Yeah, I saw an, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw an article tonight, you know, they were comparing the the Mini mm-hmm. and the Nexus. And I mean, then they were kind of under, you know, split. They said, you know, it depends you know, if you wanted just the cheaper iPad, you know, the the, the Nexus was, you know, without, you know, the connectivity and you know, without the 3G connectivity. Um who is who is the Mini geared towards for, really? Yeah. I, I think that the Mini is people who want a small tablet but don't want to invest 500 bucks in it. But I mean at least that's what I think it that's what I think it should be geared for. But it's it doesn't quite fit there. I mean it's it's not I don't know. It it feels like they are trying to fill a spot in their lineup that they think they should feel or they should fill. Um but I don't know how well how badly it's needed. Um I do think the price points are off. However, they are selling apparently selling quite a few of them. Yeah. So so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the iPad Mini was actually, for me at least, was the most interesting announcement. I know. We're, we'll get to the other ones here. Uh, Chris, uh, iPad Mini, um, we knew it was coming, and here it is. Uh, obviously, they, they came out with a, a tablet to compete against Google's Nexus 7 that you're using right now to, to chat with us, and the Kindle Fire from Amazon. Price point, hardware, what do you think? Price point seems high. I mean... 329 also just seems like an arbitrary number, to be honest. But the biggest thing that that will have that my little Nexus 7 doesn't is actually optimize apps. Because even if they're scaled down from an iPad, they're still the same, you know, general screen size is well, the, the same screen, ratio. It's, 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 the the, same. it's the it's the resolution of the original iPad, really. Yeah, I, the, the yeah, exact same resolution as the original iPad, just yeah. a smaller screen. Yeah. yeah. As much as I can enjoy the Nexus 7 that I have in front of me, it's like the speaker isn't that good. The the screen is okay. It's not fantastic. But then again, it only costs $200. That's For 329 it'll be interesting to see if the apps work really well at that size and 
really if people are going to pay the extra for that versus the Kindle Fire or even this device. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's one of those, it's a non-buy. It's too expensive for, for in my opinion, what you get uh, in comparison to other tablets of comparable size like the 7-inch Nexus. If I wanted a Kindle Fire HD, there's no reason for me to jump to that Unless I was really needing a small tablet and I needed to stay in the Apple ecosystem for some reason, like maybe an app that is not made for Android, then I'm stuck in that in that you know ecosystem. Uh, but most of the apps that I use are used on both. You know, uh, they're they're cross platform. I can find an uh, an equivalent on the Android side. So now John Kessler here had an, uh, a sad thing happen to him over the weekend. John, why don't you tell all the boys and girls at home? What happened? Oh, yes. Somebody uh, took a walk through my... Uh, my. Uh, they took a walk, a stroll, stroll if you will. A stroll through my... Uh, In Manrail. ...residence, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, they ignored all the uh, the high-end stuff, like the TV and the stereo and all that, and just <laughs> pilfered what they could, you know, throw in a backpack. They saw your off. Nexus, and they're like, must have, have get yes. now. Must take Nexus. <laughs> They, I, I, yes. th- that's one thing. Like when I when I talked to you about it, I I couldn't fathom. Like, so John, did they take your TV or your computer? No, no, they didn't touch any of the. They didn't stuff. took my expensive stereo, my TV, my expensive speakers. Nope, nope. By the way, people, uh, John's address is no I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so so they took your Nexus. So yep. now your tablet list um, again. Yep. Do, you well, still I have still, your Nook. I have my Nook because okay. I had my backpack with me at work. So okay. the Nook was in the backpack. I almost I was heading out the door. Thinking, no, I'm not gonna have any time this afternoon to really mess, you know, look anything on the on the Nexus. Yeah. During lunch, so I just left it there on the charger. So now, John, the reason why I bring this up during this segment is because now you're back in the tablet purchasing market yes. again. So now you're back out there looking for a tablet. Are you gonna go right back to the Nexus Seven, or are you keeping your options open and maybe go an iPad Mini? No. No. Why not? not? Mini. Too why expensive. Not? It's price. Yeah, the price. I you know I don't have anything Apple. Um, hey, hey, hey! There's nothing wrong. You, nothing wrong with getting started with the mini. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Okay, but wait, wait. So how about this then? Are you gonna wait for the the Nexus 10 that's coming out anytime, anytime now? The 10 inch, yeah. <laughs> Bigger screen, 3G. Now, now, if you say yes, bear in mind it's gonna be four or five hundred dollars. And then is it too expensive again? Thinker says what? Yeah. What? <laughs> and how about the Kindle Fire? The Kindle Fire has more storage space, the same price. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't run any I didn't run into a storage space issue with the Yeah, the because you, all you did was download books. Yes. And watch so, and watch movies on it. And you know, stream stuff. Um as far as people going, well the three G threes are like, well like anything else, if I'm going to put it on 3G on my plan, I'm going to have to pay extra for it. Well, the cool thing is, is with most of these tablet plans is you don't need to add it to your normal service. It's a pay-as-you-go situation. Or you can get a Freedom Pop like I did. And I have it's it's going to be here any day now. Okay. Which works great when you're WiMAX coverage. Hey, which John is. Manro is WiMAX Central. Oh, yeah, why, Mac? I was thinking LTE. I'm thinking, what? Well, let's move on to other <laughs> Apple Next. things. And, yeah. and John will tell us about his tablet selections in the future. Yes. Now, one of these shocking announcements wasn't a 13-inch Retina MacBook Pro, which we were kind of expecting. Wasn't the uh, Mac Minis being refreshed or the iMacs, because we're going to get to all those. Was the fourth-generation iPad getting a, a little bit of a refresh? So 
what they did is they decided to rip out the old, just old and slow and decrepit A5 dual-core processor, and they stuck an A6X in there, and they also uh, put in the, uh, the lightning connector as well, which is nice, I guess. Coming in at the same price, but Joe, how do you feel now that Apple's gone ahead and updated their their iPad Retina with a newer chip in there and something that you just bought, what, seven, eight months ago is now obsolete? I don't remember Apple ever doing something like this before, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they upgrade their iPhone like once a year. Uh, do they Do they typically do this where they'll take their iPad and refresh it within a year like that? An existing product like that? I... You know, I'm not sure. I'm trying to look at the. I'm trying to remember the timeline for the iPhone because I know the iPhone to the iPhone 3G. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was that big of a of a of a time gap. Uh, you know, it was, I think it was only only nine months or something. Okay. Um, it just but, it uh, just felt to me way too quick. I, yeah, I, I I get that you feel that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know the the beauty of Apple products, right? Is they maintain their resale value. So if you want to go sell your iPad 3, you probably resell it for. Uh, for what, about 300 bucks or so? Hey, John, I got a tablet for you. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, and then you can, you know, move to the iPad 4 if that's what you want to do. But, yeah. no, I don't, I don't actually feel so bad about it. Uh, I, think the, um, I think the iPad 4 is a, a, a pretty good it's, – it's, it's an upgrade, um, but it's, it's more like the iPad 1 to the iPad 2. Um, it's, not, it's not the iPad 2 to the iPad 3, if that right. makes sense. The yeah. iPad 2 to the iPad 3 where it introduced Retina Display and introduced a whole lot of new features. That was a major upgrade. iPad uh, – this is more like a, a 4 to a 4S. You know, it's a new processor uh, and really a new interface, and that's pretty much it. Um, if you're in an area where you had where you wanted LTE and they didn't have your frequency band, that would be a legitimate reason to upgrade because now this one does have more LTE support than than previously. But that's mostly for international. Right. Um, again, it's mostly a processor bump. The A5X, the A6X, you're not going to see a big difference uh, in most games today or most applications today. So it's cool they upgraded it. Uh, I think this just means that in nine months or six months or whenever the next version comes out, um, you think it'll, it'll be, be that quickly? it'll be even better? I mean, right? It'll it'll be yet a new model with uh, maybe it'll be a new a new um, uh, a new body style or something like that. Yeah. And um, you know, I, like I said, I don't think this is that big of a of a letdown for people who bought iPad threes or Gen you, three iPads. You, you know, you're kicking yourself in the butt though if you bought one three months ago. If you bought one three months ago, it might be. But then again, you never know. I mean, that's the thing, right? That's the tech industry. Is is as soon as it's physically made. It's already out of date. You know, we used to joke yeah. about that with tech books. By the time a book about a subject gets printed, it's already out of date. The printing process takes so long that the yeah. book is already out of date. Yeah. So I mean, it's the same, the same thing all the way across would, the tech industry. I would normally agree with you on all that, for the exception of Apple products, just because of the fact on the upgrade cycle of Apple products. I mean, take an example, just an example. Let's scroll down here to this little product that I'm going to show here on the screen if you're watching the video. The brand new Mac Mini. Now, they finally refreshed the Mac Mini. Now, I don't know exactly the number of months it's been between this Mac Mini refresh and the previous one, but I, but I want to say it was like 14 months. I want to say it's a long, long period of time. So, you know, if you've been following Apple for a while, like I have, and, I, you know, I, I have a few of their products. You know, I, have an, I, I had an iPhone 3GS and a 4, then a 4S, and I have an, an iPad 1, then I got an iPad 3. 
So you're thinking, well, you know, it's about once a year on their cycles, and when they flip them over so quickly, it's just like it, it does irk you a little bit. But I understand it's par for the course. They're trying to be maybe a bit more aggressive. Uh, well, I think they're trying to roll the the re- the um, lightning port out. Yeah, I think that's, that's to push probably that the bigger mover than anything else is is they wanted to push the lightning port out, so they only have to support one interface going forward. Yeah, that's true. And um, and they couldn't just release an updated iPad with a new lightning connector because everybody would be like, why would you do that? That's stupid. Yeah. So they threw a new processor in as well. What do you think of the new Mac Mini uh, there, Joe? I mean, it looks looks really cool. I mean, they obviously... It looks exactly like the one I have from <laughs> last year. Uh, <laughs> but it's got a it's got a, either a dual or quad-core Intel i5 or i7 Ivy, Ivy Bridge. It's got... Uh, 802.11n, uh, it can handle up to a 1 terabyte hard drive or 256 gigabyte SSD, up to 16 gigs of RAM. It's also got Bluetooth 4.0. This, I think, honestly, Joe, makes the perfect home theater PC. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I've, I actually, I've always said the Mac Mini makes the perfect home theater PC. That's why I bought one for that purpose. Minus a Blu-ray drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you watched the Blu-ray? Uh, hey, hey, I like Blu-ray. Hush. Yeah, I didn't yeah. ask if you liked it. I asked when the last time was you watched one. Uh, what was it, Robocop? That was a couple weeks ago. I think a couple weeks ago. A couple. Uh, yeah. Chris, uh, Chris <laughs> what? Watching movies that weren't even filmed in HD. Okay, hey, now, you when hush? was the last time you watched a movie that was on your <laughs> network? Uh, just uh, probably a week ago as well. Okay, so... Yeah. I watch movies that are on my network way more than I've ever watched them on discs. Oh, uh, oh and by the way, completely unrelated sidebar, uh, they had Corner Gas Marathon up in Canada on, on Saturday, by the way. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So, I have uh, whole series. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of the new uh, Mac Mini there, uh, Chris? I mean, uh, I don't know what your opinion is on the Mac Mini, but I was going to ask you. That's still the one piece of hardware from Apple I would honestly buy. Yeah. I just It's completely irrational. It would make no sense, but I just... <laughs> I love the idea that the computer is that small. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier with the iPad, it's like, yeah, this has a 14-month life cycle. That makes a life cycle. Refresh cycle. That's not too bad. But the seven months was just short. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for Apple. I mean, like on Android, it's just, on Android, you know you bought a phone, and in four minutes, Samsung is going to release a brand new model. <laughs> well, no, that's four you, times you buy faster. the phone today, and it runs the OS from three years ago, and you can't upgrade. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that, what it that's is true, too. So. Um, Welcome to Android 2.3. Yeah. Welcome to ice cream, jelly bean, uh, yeah. linguisa sandwich, or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's... Go ahead, John. Yeah, I was going to, well, if when the topic was over, I was going to sidetrack it just for a second. No, no, you can sidetrack now. Okay. Go. Yeah, we uh, always sidetrack. Yeah. Have we you do been it on all... the show before? You've yeah. been on the show, John. Yeah, <laughs> I want to sidetrack this. Uh, Joe, did you see what the uh, the specs for the, the screen were on for the Nexus 10? Uh, no, I haven't. John, um, I am selling my iPad third generation right now. It has now. a 10-inch screen. It has a 10-inch yeah. screen right uh-huh. now. Okay. You can touch it if you want. Um, You'll like it. So they're using a 10.1 inch Super AMO LED, running at a 2560 by 1600, which comes out they said to a 298.9 PPI, which was right there with Apple's Retina as yeah. at 263. You'll love my iPad, John. You oh. really will. Oh. I will. Uh, let me show you. Uh, I'll show it to you afterwards. You'll love it. I think yeah. there's a crunchy. I don't want to see it. You're gonna, you you want to see it, John. No, I don't. All right. <laughs> All right. Fine. So the, the last thing, uh, well, yeah. two things they announced, right? Yeah. Th- yes, thanks, Joe. Bring there us two home. Two things that we announced. Bring us at, home. That Apple announced at, that we, I say we because I 
am a, a shareholder. Yes, now. Joe, we know. Um, <laughs> uh, was of course the, I would say, yeah. We'll talk about the iMac first. Let's we'll talk about the iMac. The very, I actually think the iMac is a really really cool upgrade. It's completely redesigned. It looks phenomenal. Uh, it, I it's, mean, it's, it's a similar form factor, but they thinned out the the whole device. It's not it's not the same thickness all the way across. Now it yeah. tapers, so the edges are really really thin, like a quarter inch thick. Um, and then it gets a little bit a little bit wider, I think up to about an inch in the middle. And um, yeah, I think it just looks amazing. And it has the same same uh, screen resolutions. 27 inch is a 2560 by 1440, and the 21 is 1920 by 1080. Um, and uh, same price points, but much better processors. Uh, there are Ivy bridges across the board, i7s and i5s. I'm thinking about and, uh, a 21 inch. I'm honestly thinking about a 21. You know what? Inch. Here's the thing about the 27 inch, though. Okay. And I haven't checked to make sure this it's on this one as well. But the previous gen 27 inch, you could use the Display Port as a, or I'm sorry, not the Display Port as a the, monitor. Yeah, you could use it as a pass through monitor for another device. Okay. So with the 27 inch, not only do you get a computer, but you also get a 27 inch IPS monitor. Now, one thing I heard, Joe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but on the new iMacs, the memory isn't easily user-upgradable like uh, like it was previously, so it's best to get it done at the factory. Is that true? Do you know? I, I don't know for sure. Um, I can check on that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I know they've been going that direction with most of their models. Um you know the the laptops have been uh, the 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 uh, Retina laptops are, are both that way. The 13 inch, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and the and the old 15 inch that came out earlier this year. Yeah. And of course the MacBook Airs have been that way since the launch. So it wouldn't surprise me because in order to get this form factor, they have to make some concessions. And Apple doesn't really care about aftermarket upgrades. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not true. a secret. Yeah. So nah, I will nah. say though that having a Mac Mini, uh, so the Mac Mini is is probably at this point the most user upgradable. Mac out there, yep. outside of the Mac Pro, yep. and um, there is a kit that will allow you to buy a standard Mac Mini and put a second hard drive in it. Uh, and so when you do that and you put an SSD in there, your Mac Mini screams, and that's what I have for my home theater PC. And it is if you pick one up, Chase, you have to do that. I have to get an. Uh, well, I have extra uh, extra SSDs hanging around. Well, you have to get the kit. It's like seventy bucks. You get the kit with all the tools you need, and it's it is a we'll well worth worthwhile upgrade we'll talk because yeah i i i, I want to get try to get to the boxy story because uh man, oh yeah we should do that yeah uh one last thing i want to talk about in, in apple and uh really this is no sh shock or surprise uh thanks to popular demand and fanfare there is now a 13 inch retina macbook pro just like the 15 inch model there's a uh, they will exist with the non-retina versions for the time being so if you don't want retina no worries you can still get the older non-retina versions uh, you can st order them right now uh, starting at $1,699 at a low low price <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know not a low price but I, I've seen the screens they are beautiful I mean they are just gorgeous gorgeous they, they gorgeous, are really, gorgeous. really amazing yeah um, uh, any any comments you want to make Chris on uh, iMac or retina MacBook Pro at all before we uh, move on here you know, both seem like nice refreshes. The new iMac looks really nice and thin. I yeah. can't really... I stare at iMacs every day, and I honestly... They are pretty thick, but seeing that seeing that really thin edge will be interesting. Yeah. I know, like, when at the press were taking pictures of the iMacs at the, uh, at, the, at the conference, they wanted 
pressed to take them from certain angles because <laughs> because they didn't want you know the the Max looking you know weird at different angles because it it can look weird because of the the shape of the bowing of the of the material behind the glass and stuff. But yeah. uh, but no, really cool refreshes. I'm still irked personally on the on the full fledged iPad Retina refresh so quickly in the cycle. That's just my one irk. I'm still loving my iPad Retina. It's I, I love it. It's it's a great tablet. I, uh, I I use it all the time. It's it's very good. And maybe I can sell it to John. Okay, final <laughs> final geek story this week is uh, a little bit of a sore spot to me as well. Granted, I have had a great week with news, except for these couple tech things. Boxy box. I have a boxy box. Joe has a boxy box. I don't. My good friend John Kessler does not have one, but BoxyBox took a long time to come out, and it, it, it branched off from this awesome piece of software that you could install on a home theater PC that would network, uh, go through your network and, and automatically put everything into libraries for you for TV shows and movies and make it real simple and easy to play pretty much any video format. And the boxy people were like, well, we're going to come out with a piece of hardware that can do the exact same thing. It's going to cost you 150 bucks. You could set it up in your home theater. It looks weird. It's not exactly square. It's got a corner shaved off. Really edgy, but really buggy. But it was 300 bucks, but you could buy it early for 200 bucks if you jumped on top of it. Yeah, may, what, something like that. I don't know if it was that high. I don't think it was high as 300 It was. It was weird. It was like some weird, but it's going to be on sale if you pre-order it now, and then it will jump up in price, and then it never jumped up on price because everybody had it on sale for the price yeah. that it was a pre-order. So should have suspected something. So like Joe, what is what's happening with the boxy box? Because I know you always like make fun of me and messing around. Like Chase, why do you still use a boxy box? I won't let go of to uh, look. It's like a Charlton Heston, right? From my cold dead hands, I will not let go of my boxy box. It's a little different. I know, maybe. Uh, What's going no, it, on? It, it is. It's not. There's no maybe. It's very different. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> spill it. So the the original Boxy Box or the, the original Boxy Box software, everybody knows. It released for PC. It was great software. A lot of people use it. I used it on a couple of machines. I really, really did like it. Um, it worked pretty well. Yeah. Very few problems with it. A few weird things that you know go with with open source software, but by and large, well designed. Then they released the Boxy Box. Everybody said, oh, cool, now the software is going to be on the Boxy Box. Well, after they released the Boxy Box, like, what, three months or, or a month or something after the Boxy Box actually came out, yeah. they released a new update that completely changed the UI. They completely changed it. Yep. Yep. You would think the world for people who used Boxy came to a crashing end. I, you know, um, I actually, I found instructions <laughs> yes, to remember, figure yeah. out how to roll back to the yes. old interface because I was so mad on what they yes. did. So, it was like moving from Windows Seven to Windows Eight. Well, no, it wasn't quite that bad. No, no, it, it wasn't was, that bad. It was like making Firefox. <laughs> it was like no, IE. It, it was like going from Windows Seven to Vista. That's what it felt it's, like to me. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was definitely a major change, and people didn't expect it and didn't want it. So then they said, "Okay, well, we'll we'll fix all these issues eventually." And gradually, they made the interface on the BoxyBox pretty good. It it's pretty decent. Works out pretty good now. Yeah. Um, they didn't fix some of the other issues, the issues I had with it. Large libraries took a long time to load. It was crashy, stuff like that. I had to restart mine at least once a week if I was when I was using it. Um, then they said, this new interface, now that it's nice and polished, will go to the PC eventually. Like nine months later, they finally say, okay, we're going to release it for the PC, but this is it. This is the last one. We're one version. Anything on the PC yeah. again, and you're done. You have no support. You have nothing. This is the only version you're ever going to have on the PC. And uh, they had it on their website for what? A week, yep, two weeks, and then they pulled it. And then they said, "Okay, you had your chance," and then it's gone, and you no longer can get officially from Boxy 
the PC version of the software. Right. Well, now they've announced their new hardware. It's called the Boxy TV. Yep. And it's a whole new way to do TV. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's all the things uh, that the late great Steve Jobs said all of his products were too. It's got um, a t- it's got a tuner uh, yeah. built into it. Uh, it, it it's fantastic. Tuner connected. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be supported by cable providers and this and that and all these amazing things. Uh, oh yeah, it doesn't do anything that the old Boxy Box does. It doesn't support open apps, so the app store is going to be closed down to just ones that they approve. Um, uh, they're not going to initially release an SDK for if people do want to do their own apps and have them go through the approval process. Um, all these kind of things that um, that the old Boxy Box was known for. Excuse me, I need to take care of something. Burp. Kitty. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so all these old things that the old Boxy Box is known for, the new one, the Boxy TV, is not going to do. So you won't be able to do local media. It's going to be online media only. Um, it's going to be uh, or over the air media through the through the uh, the um, the coax uh, import. So, no, did they um, steal an Apple Playbook or something? <laughs> no, Sorry. because Apple's never really dropped anything quite this hard this quickly. No, I meant as far as the closed, um, you know, keeping the cards closed. Uh, no, they're stealing a cable TV playbook. Oh, that's true. Um, I mean, this is how videos worked on, on broadcast TV for decades, so we shouldn't be terribly surprised about this. Um, however, it, it is annoying a lot of people who were on Boxy, and uh, it basically means when they moved from the Boxy software, which a lot of people really liked, to the Boxy hardware, only a few people moved because they didn't want to move to the hardware. They wanted their home theater PC to be more full function. I don't blame them. Then they discontinued the Boxy software, pissed off all those people who'd stuck with it. The people who had moved to the Boxy Box, Chase, you did, I did, uh, I know a couple other people I've, I actually had recommended it to who yeah. moved to the Boxy Box. Yeah. And, uh, and now they're two just of them. going to. Yeah, I, I, had, I had two. I gave one of them away because I wasn't using either one. And, and uh, as far as I know, he's still using it. And a few other people have bought them on my recommendation. Now they are going to annoy. All of those people, because their yeah. boxy boxes are basically, Boxy has said they're not a big enough company. They won't be able to support multiple boxes. So no. when the boxy TV comes out, all support for the old boxy box basically goes away. It makes me it makes me so sad uh, because I was a huge supporter from the get go, even from the PC side of it, you know, from the software side of it, and I even had uh, a Geek Gamer TV app created for the boxy app, a boxy box. And uh, some people still watch us through the Boxy app, and I appreciate you guys, you know, all six of you that do. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be very hard for me to say goodbye, but I know I'm going to have to. Now, now, Chris, uh, do you have TV? Uh, do you have a set-top box? I mean, uh, what do you do to get your traditional over-the-air or cable media? We have cable provided here, and I actually use a tuner with Windows Media Center, of all things. Hey, so very nice. I'm really for it. <laughs> and, and, you know, least, and you get Windows Media Center for free up until, I think, what is it, January? Uh, is that what Microsoft's doing? Or As far as I know, they're giving us the code, and we can keep it. It's just as long as you get it before January, you're allowed to get uh, Media Center in 8 for free. Oh, cool. Very cool. You ever considered something like a boxy box or like a Roku box or anything like that? Or are you just like going through the tuner card on the PC? Which is, you know, hey, an old school way. Not a lot of people do that anymore. But uh... For the most part, I run everything through my PC at this point. And I, just because I am a college student, I 
one monitor, so I pretty much everything runs off the desktop, and that's what I use. Yeah. Well, you might want to try to sign up for the Boxy TV. I know right now, if you go to boxy.tv, that's B-O-X-E-E.tv, uh, if you sign up for their wait list or whatever, they're sending out surveys, and potentially um, for the people who fill out those surveys, they're they're giving away a free Boxy TV to those early adopters. If if you're in the right markets, if you're in the right markets, correct. It, 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 right now, it appears to only, and they haven't officially admitted it, but it appears to only be Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, and Washington D.C. Right. So yeah, no word on Seattle at this point, but yeah, darn, we, we will see. So, yeah. oh man, if you're looking for something to transition to, yeah, you know what, Joe, I'm I'm gonna plug something. Go for it, because it's awesome, and I really really like it, and I used it mm. this weekend, and it was spectacular. Is it called Plex? It is called Plex. I knew it. Uh, Ding! <laughs> Plex is, um, so XBMC is another really good option. Basically what happened was uh, about five years ago, XBMC split off into three groups. XBMC continued. The Boxy group split off from, from them, and Plex split off as, at the same time. And Plex has pursued making a server client-based system, and that's what it still is, and it still works great. And uh, that's what I run every day. Um, that's what's on my Mac Mini most of the time. And I've had very, very few problems with it, and I'm really, really happy with it. So if you're... If you're a disgruntled Xboxy user, go check out Plex because it's awesome. Very cool. Yes, and I might I might do that once I if I get a Mac Mac Mini and put that up in my home theater PC. I know it's a little expensive. I know some some of you guys in the chat are saying, "What about the Oya or the Wii or whatever that how you pronounce that?" I want something that's got a little bit more power under the hood. And right now the Oya, I'm a little skeptical on the power. Just saying, I want something more oomph. And also, that can uh, double as um, a secondary computer if I need it to, <laughs> and maybe play an occasional game on there or whatever. So, so there you go. All right, it's now time to break it down for our picks of the week. Week, 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 week. These are things that we like. Uh, they could be a website, a piece of hardware, an app uh, for Android or Windows 8, perhaps. So, we we scour the web. We scour the inner tubes, and we find something. And we're going to start off with my in-house guest here, Mr. John Kessler. Uh -huh. John, what's your pick? My pick of the, of the week. week. Pick of the week. Week, 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 week. Um, it's, it's the, been you? out on the news uh, for a little bit now, for at least, at least a week. Um, was uh, Google going uh, taking a little stroll, a couple of guys in their backpacks, taking a little stroll down through the Grand Canyon. What? What are they doing? Bringing the Grand Canyon to your PC. So so if if <laughs> so basically if if you can't make it to the Grand Canyon, uh, they they are they basically yep they're the guys right there with the camera man those are some big cameras <laughs> oh my goodness well, they're a little smaller than the ones that were on the back of the cars though. yeah I know but still wow there we go there's a bigger bigger zoomed picture for you guys and uh, it takes pictures in all directions and. Uh, I like on the on his backpack there, the, and on the actual frame you can see the Google like little uh, dots and streets, and that's really neat. That's really cool. So are these uh, maps up and loaded yet, John? I I don't you know actually I haven't looked. I oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just grabbed it for the for tonight. I haven't looked. I don't have a. I haven't fired up Google. Uh, Earth online. Looks like it, it says they're adding photos weekly yeah. from different areas. So okay. right now they have the um, the Bright Angel Angel Trail, the South uh, Kaibab Trail, oh, yep, and the is. 
and portions of the South Rim are available uh, to see. At least photos of them are. So all you got to do is just uh, pull up Google Maps and go into Street View, um, and that will make that happen for you. Or Google Earth will do it probably too. Yeah. So yeah. No, very cool, John. How'd you how'd you stumble into that? It was uh, on my favorite uh, news website that Joe hates. Well, comelnews.com. <laughs> yes, it was in the tech section. <laughs> hey, you know what? At least you didn't say dig. No. Wait, wait. What's dig? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the new dig or the old dig? There's a new dig? Yeah, there, there's a new dig. No, Isn't that just Tumblr? No. <laughs> no, it's like Pinterest or something. I got I it from know. Reddit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. All right. <laughs> You're right there, Chris? <laughs> I'm good. All right, man. <laughs> What's your pick of the week, Chris? You know, it's an old, it's an app that's been around for a while. It's on Windows 8. It's for Windows 7 as well. Uh, Metro Twit is a really great Twitter client. If you're onto the Twitter thing on Windows, looks great, has the new kind of Metro-y look, whether you like that or not is a whole different question. But especially on Windows 7 compared to something like TweetDeck or other options that exist, it's actually a really nice client with support, get your mentions, get your timeline, all that all of that. So here it is. Here's a picture, Metro Twit uh, for desktop. So the desktop version, this runs on uh, Windows 7, right? This, you don't... Oh, yeah, right here. It, might even, it might even run on Windows XP. It I'm does. It does. Uh, XP, Vista, or 7, Metro, Metro Twit for desktop. And they also have an app uh, for Windows 8. And it looks really nice. Uh, you know, I've been looking for an alternative to TweetDeck. Um, I didn't even know this existed. This is really nice. Um very cool. Really snappy, really quick. Overall, it's pretty good. It's one of the few apps in Windows I've ever seen use the uh, Windows Presentation Foundation, I believe it is. So it looks visually very different than most Windows apps you've seen for a long time. Right. But it actually is really, it's kind of like the Zune software in a sense, where it actually has like a different kind of, visually it's rendered a little different. So it, it, it looks really nice. Yeah. It's pretty much the short of it. No, it does. It does look really nice. Uh, now, are they going to run into any issues? Uh, I mean, on on the show, we we talked about it a uh, a little bit, where um, basically Twitter was going to start, you know, kind of cutting off support for some of these third party apps because of the API calls. Do you know if Metro Twit is ha- going to have that issue? Do you know? From what I've seen, from what they've tweeted and, and said, it seems like they aren't going to be facing issues, but we'll see with time because there's obviously been other Twitter apps that have. They, I know there's one on the Mac they're selling for like 20 bucks because of various issues. So I'm not sure what's going to happen to Metro Twit, but for now it's still free. There's a paid option. so Looks cool. That. I like it. Uh, MetroTwit.com if you guys want more information. All right, Mr. Joseph Falby, you got a pick for us? What's your pick this week? Well, I had a different pick, but since we didn't cover it during the show, I'm going to take this over because it's time sensitive. Okay. It's, uh, it's a program called Stop Zombie Mouth. Uh, it's being put on by PopCap and the American Dental Association. Uh, it's actually kind of a cool idea. Basically, PopCap is giving out free copies of Plants vs. Zombies for Halloween. Ah, very So cool. you go to this website, you go to StopZombieMouth.com, and uh, you can download some coupons. And you, the idea is you hand them out to your, your trick-or-treaters instead of candy. And they, uh, they can take them, and any time between October 30th and November 10th, they can enter them in online and get a free copy of Plants vs. Zombie for Mac or PC. Uh, and remember, Plants vs. Zombie is still like 20 bucks. Wow. So um, 
you know, if you just buy it straight up. So it, that's pretty cool. And uh, it's got some some cool stuff behind it. And, and it's a I think it's a cool program. And you know what? Plants vs. Zombies is a lot of fun. And, and uh, I think PopCap makes some some really good games. This is a great cause. Great, awesome thing. Now, when I ha- pass out candy, I, I might do this, but I won't do it in place of candy because I don't want my house getting egged later on uh, by some pissed off kids or anything like that. Uh, but no, that seems <laughs> seems really cool. Uh, StopZombieMouth.com if you guys want to grab your coupons. If you're watching us live or within probably a few days of downloading this, if you're, if you're listening or watching, uh, check that out and pass them out on Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah, is it Wednesday? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Wednesday. Yeah, Great. yeah Wednesday. Wednesday. Awesome, Joe. And, and by the way, that game, Plants vs. Zombies, awesome fun game on mm-hmm. multiple platforms. Oh yeah, it's out for uh, everything. For obviously, Mac, PC, then tablets, and uh, uh, if you can name a platform, they've probably released it. I think there might be even be a Flash version of it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, it's time for my pick of the week, and my pick isn't in the rundown, so these guys have no idea what my pick of the week this week is. It's gonna be extra foul. It's not extra. F- what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, actually, my my pick of the week this week is a little bit of self promotion. And a little bit of, uh, you know, just uh, gloating, I guess, if you will. I don't know. We're, we're very happy. Uh, so, um, you know, we here on this show and also on our other show, Minecraft Me, was, was pushing very, very hard uh, to become one of the uh, nominated shows for the Podcast Awards. This is a People's Choice Award. It's been going on now for eight years. And uh, thanks to you guys, our listeners and viewers and probably your friends and family and whoever else you had nominating and voting. Uh, we were announced, uh, Minecraft Me was announced today as a nominee in the gaming category. So as you can uh, see here, there are lots of great, great shows uh, that were nominated. And uh, some of my favorites were really nice to see there. And if you scroll all the way down here to the right-hand side there in the gaming section, you're th- uh, fourth from the top, Minecraft Me is nominated. Yay! This is so awesome. And so, um, now we have to figure out whether or not Joe and I want to make the trip to Las Vegas because that's where the Minecraft... Uh, Minecraft Awards. <laughs> 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 that's that's where the, uh, the Podcast Awards will be held at the uh, New Media Expo. And... Uh, Leo Laporte is actually going to be emceeing the event uh, from Twit, which is really cool. And um, we have to see if we want to go. Now, the reason why I say if we want to see if we want to go, when I look here at the gaming category, there are some really, really strong shows in this category. I know for one, uh, Giant Bombcast, they, they're at like uh, they're at packs like every year. Uh, Rooster Teeth is also a great show. Um, so I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but here's the best part. Uh, and I want to tell everybody about this. Um, so on Thursday, November 1st, for two weeks, voting will commence. So you can go to the website and vote every single day for your favorite shows. Now, you know, you know we're going to be promoting the hell out of this. And you know we're going to be calling on you to tell all your friends and your family and everybody you could possibly think of short of cheating. We cannot have you cheat or set up any automated voting things because if you do, we could get disqualified. So don't do that. Do it the old-fashioned way. Uh, but, I mean, 
who knows? Maybe we can pull off the upset of the year. And then Joe and I would walk up to the podium, shake Leo Laporte's hand. Joe's like, who are you? And uh, <laughs> and then we'll have our little acceptance speech, and, and, and it will be streamed live. And So I think it would be really, really cool. And to help encourage you guys to vote every single day, I'm going to be giving away some stuff. I, I think we're going to have some promotions. Uh, Joe and I and even John, we're all going to sit down and talk about it and try to think of how to – to drum up support. So so that's my pick of the week is the Podcast Awards. Uh, we're now in one of the 2012 nominees for the gaming category, which is pretty freaking cool. And how many other people were nominated for that ca- category? Well, we don't know. Ex- uh, there are eight total shows in the gaming category. Okay. Is it eight or ten? There's ten. Ten, okay. So we are one of the top ten yes. gaming shows. And all of the internets. Yeah. Period. Yeah, yeah, period. And... And there were oh, I, I, there were over five what five thousand shows overall nominated for the podcast awards across all categories, and over two, what three million individual nominations total. I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. So, so you guys, we're going to count on you. We're going to need your help. Um, and Joe, we're doing a Minecraft me on Thursday. How convenient! Yeah, on the first day of voting. Yeah, gotta love that. Oh, man, you guys, what a great show we had this week, uh, dumping uh, into, uh, dive, <laughs> d- dumping, diving in <laughs> to, win- uh, was that a Freudian slip? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, diving mm. into Windows 8 and Apple Topics, uh, really, really solid show this week. Uh, I want to thank, of course, the chat room over there at live.geekgamer.tv for hanging out with us and doing the show, even though it was late, uh, just because of the San Francisco Giants winning the World Series. Um, I want to thank Mr. Chris Lind Hartson uh, from Seattle for joining us this week at twitter.com slash C Lind Hartson if you want to follow him on Twitter. And he's very active on Twitter, taking pictures of him installing Windows 8 and loving, <laughs> <laughs> loving it. Um, Chris, uh, you know, hey, awesome stuff. Uh, loving uh, having you on the show, and uh, hopefully you can come back in the future. Hopefully. Yeah, we get you. Uh, we'll get you a camera and a USB he- uh, headset. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I should have better technology next time if it happens. Yeah, if if Microsoft made one, I know you would jump on it, right? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> if they made like a life cam or something, like a life cam cinema, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> no, good stuff. Thanks, Chris, for joining us this week. Uh, John Kessler, he's not on Twitter. Nope. He's not on Facebook. Nope. He's not on Google Plus. Nope. He's barely on email. But, John, thanks for joining us, as always, our EVE Online specialist and a Sword Art Online yes. specialist. A, a specialist. Well, yeah. Just fanatic. Fanatic. Here, there we go. Very, very good. Uh-huh. Joseph Falby, at Falby on Twitter, F-A-L-B-E-Y, the uh, co-host of the nominated podcast of the year in the gaming category, Minecraft Me. As always, I Joe. Come up with a way to say that. I know there's like got the, the top ten gaming podcasts uh, in all the of the world. Yeah, I don't. I, how do you do that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top ten nominated. Top One of the top ten nominated gaming podcasts in the, uh, in the world for 2012. In the world. In so, the world. In the world. Yeah. In the world. I was actually just thinking about this. Google should make it so you have to sign up for Google Plus when you get an Android device. <laughs> well, John's John's login does work for Google Plus. He just doesn't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you guys want to at Nunes N-U-N-E-S and also please don't forget to follow 
the network on Twitter at GeekGamerTV if you haven't done so yet. And also visit our show homepage, GeekGamerTV slash GeekGamerWeekly. I want to say thanks to all you guys who head over to our website at GeekGamer.TV. There you can find all the previous episodes of Minecraft Me and GeekGamerWeekly. And with the holiday shopping season starting to uh, pick up, if you do any shopping, please come over to our website first before you do that. Click on that Amazon.com banner there on the right-hand side of the page or head down to the very, very bottom of the page there uh, where you will find other supporting affiliate links where a portion of your shopping experience will go to support one of the top 10 podcasts of all of the world, Minecraft Me, and number 11. We just barely missed uh, Key Gamer Weekly. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank all you guys out there for joining us. We'll see you next week for another edition of Key Gamer Weekly. Until we all talk again, we're all silent. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Joss Whedon. Really? Joss Whedon? Yeah. Really? John Goodman? Okay, that's fine. Uh, White Russian. <laughs>